0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. No, Trent Cochin no, from the Richmond Footy Club. No, Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, no, you're listening to the Coaches no, Panel. No, Patrick Cooch from the Carl Footy Club. It's Rory Sloane here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell, you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: There's two types of scoring potential there's proven and there's hopeful. With Taylor Adams, this is not a pedigree that we're forecasting for. It's a guy that's got multiple seasons of a hundred plus averages across the formats, but does he have the role and the opportunity or is he going to be another one of these mid price forwards that we look at and fade in 2024? Taylor Adams is next up in the 50 most relevant. and I'm excited to talk about him. It is so good to have you on this episode. It is MJ from the coaches panel. I hope you're doing well and joining me. On this episode, we haven't spoken to him for a minute, but it's good to have him back. Kane, talking about Taylor Adams, a fascinating player to look at this preseason.
0: 100% MJ. These are the ones, as you flagged off the top, we've always got those guys we're projecting forward and they may be the ones that are a bit more exciting. We want to be that. We want to be able to say to our friends and everyone in the community, I knew this was coming. This player was going to break out, probably fitting that my first one was a Connor McDonald, which fits that case perfectly. But Taylor Adams is at the opposite end in terms of we've seen it for years now. He's a proven scorer. When given the role, he can rack up, especially in that points per minute. That's always been his thing, isn't it? He doesn't need big time on ground. He's super busy, super industrious when he's on the park. And now we have a new circumstance where he's at a third club. Interesting as well, he has been a premium defender for us in the past. He's been a premium mid. This the year he's a premium forward. I think that's why, especially when you're in the mid-20s, low-20s, he's a super relevant guy because all the things you guys have spoken about with opening round, with buys, with the dullness of the forward line as we sit into mid-January, it's like, how do we put this puzzle together? And I think Taylor Adams ticks so many boxes that make him a fascinating chat.
1: Let's look at this season that has gone where his final year as a Collingwood Magpie, a seasonal average of 78.2 in SuperCoach, means he's priced at $437,200. There is a handful of tons through there, a season, and importantly, a career high score in there as well, a 144. So this old dog might just have a few new tricks and some big scores still sitting within him. While in AFL fantasy and dream team, a seasonal average of 76.5 priced just under 700,000 for us in AF. Just to touch over that price point in Dream Team, four tons, a top score of 125, and a career high score of 151. Just six months ago, Kane, Taylor Adams, vice captain of the Collingwood Football Club, he and that team rolling their way through deep into finals, headed towards, and in fact, already booked their way into a preliminary final. And then training mishap, hamstring, misses the preliminary final, misses the grand final. We'll talk about his role and things like that at Collingwood in a moment. But it's crazy that just in a period of a week, the destiny of you changes because not only does he miss that elusive premiership he's been chasing, now... He finds a way and pushes his way, importantly, to the Sydney Swans, hoping for a little bit more midfield time, a longer contract, and hoping that at the Swans he can break the duck and become a Premiership player.
0: Yeah, that was, there's always those heartbreakers, isn't there, MJ? Obviously, in 2022, it was Holmes. Last year, it was definitely Taylor Adams, where, you know, you can't help but admire the guy. He's such a tough player, he's such a competitor. Um, everything you hear about him, incredible teammate, and as you flagged, a vice captain. So, really unfortunate but that is the brutal part of the industry and that is why the trade period is so exciting is that um, interestingly in this one that Taylor Adams was the one who sought out Sydney as a spot where he thought I can provide some value and um, didn't take the Swans very long to say absolutely come on board and uh, when you look at the makeup of their side you know someone that's 30 with his experience that can play in the midfield can play forward like he was recently at Collingwood and just sort of fits the age bracket. We know Luke Parker's been an absolute superstar for them. But those guys, you know, that we probably knew in the past, like a Kennedy, even a Hanbury years ago, they have sort of obviously phased out in recent years. Hanbury much longer, but he was sort of that core that you thought would be at the Swans at this point. Really, it's just Parker. And it's the Warners, the Gouldens, the Row Bottoms that have come through. And they're super, super young. So to have a guy like Adams in his age bracket, you can understand the appeal, especially with his experienced. And that's what's so fascinating, MJ, is we've got this history like we flagged as recently as 2021, where Taylor Adams is a 77% CBA guy, averaging 100, one of the best points per minute players in the competition, like top five, sort of 6-10 bracket, which is incredible. Uh, But in the last two years, especially under McRae, that role's diminished in the midfield. 2022, it was 65%. Last year, it was just 39. And as a result, we've seen the points per minute drop in an inferior role, and clearly as a result too, the average has come down. Just 80 and 76 DT the last two years, but that's what's fascinating now. at a new club with a new opportunity. Where do we find that Taylor Adams? Because, again, as you flagged so many times, he's a proven scorer, and he's not just a scorer. like He has been in the Uber tier that warranted a starting midfield slot, let alone in the forward line like we have him this year.
1: In a minute, I want to ask you about this Sydney midfield, what it looks like and what the pathway is for him getting back to this error of scoring that he's shown us that isn't as far away as we might like to think we can maybe go oh is that 2017 year no no no. it's as early as just two to three years ago he was up the top of the tree so I want to ask you that in a moment but you, you breeze through some of those stats and points per minute and CBAs but 2021 he's a triple figure average in AF he's a 95 in super coach um, the year prior in 2020 He goes at 109.5 in Supercoach. That's a top 15 average. He goes at an adjusted 114 in 2020 in AFL Fantasy. That's a top six averaging player in the game and priced at a mid to high 70s for as early as just two or three years ago, we've got a player that has shown he can score right up at that top end. And so to get a forward at a mid 70s range, and we're looking at forwards going, I don't feel confident about anybody that hit a hundred. Now the appeal comes for a Taylor Adams done multiple hundreds across each format shown us that when he gets that high points per minute and center bounce attendance rate that you just mentioned, he's a scorer for us and the injury history granted isn't great, but in 2020 he played every game. And last year with the exception of that hamstring in the finals, he played 22 games. So it's not horrible. It's also not great. The next time you get 20-plus games, it's back in 2017. And, yes, when you're starting to go five, six years plus with 20-plus games, it's not great. But I don't think we need to worry too much about the injury history. And there's a few reasons for it. One, I don't think you're picking Taylor with the expectation he is your keeper. And and I think if you are picking him with that expectation, you're probably putting too much on top of him. You're picking him because you're looking at the forwards going, I don't like this. I see a guy that could get me through 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks. I know that injury might come, sure, but he's my pathway to the premiums I want. I know he could be the big dog, but I, I just think when people are going, he's my 100 guy for the year, got him. I'm like, he's a mid-price guy. He's done it before, be surprised by it, but you're not expecting that to be. So that's my thought on that. Any reflection back off that? And then tell me, how's the pathway
0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member fdse well this this is the really tricky thing mj's in 2021 it's a really important season for this conversation because he's a premium he's at 100 but it's under an old coaching regime so we see in 2022 and 2023 mcrae's taken over they've changed a lot of things up now this is the hard part can taylor adams if givens a good role, let's say it's 50 to 60% CBAs, still be a scorer now in the Sydney system. Because in the Collingwood system, in 2022, he was a centre-bounce guy. I'd say it's 65% and that's a really healthy role. I think if we got that at Sydney at the moment, a lot of people would want to start him. It diminished to 39%. Now, is that because Dacos comes on? Is that because degoey went another level? Is that just the way Craig McRae saw the structure of his team and wanted to use it. Maybe not as much a knock on Adams, but more, again, you've got Dacos, you've got the Goie, you've got Pendlebury, you've got Crisp, you've got Tommy Mitchell. Is that more what he was the victim of? In this new Sydney side that he's going to be playing, this is where it gets really interesting because they weren't really a consolidated group outside of Luke Parker in their midfield. So Parker was up at 75%. Again, hard to see that changing. What a start. What a player! just delivers it every season, every week. And then you get this really interesting mix because you've got Row, Bottom, and Warner in the mid to low 50s. Mills is at 37, who's out? So we're not going to see Callum Mills for especially the part you're talking about with Taylor, the early, at least third of the season, if not half. And then you get Gordon and Papley sitting at 35 and 36%. So still a decent portion. We know Papley's the one that starts and bounce Gets forward, tries to create a bit of a mismatch as they have to cross over between the midfielders and the defenders picking him up. And Goulden's just a superstar, isn't he, MJ? He could play inside mid, he could play half forward, he could play wing. His ball use is what separates him. So, this is what I find really interesting is that we saw last year when Taylor Adams had a hybrid sort of role that was only a third of the time as a mid. He just couldn't get that points per minute high enough to be a really consistent scorer. So, the trouble I have with him is when I look at that mix, unless they consolidate this mix and have four guys sort of 65% plus, I feel like it's going to be Taylor fitting into that middle band of between 30 and 50% CBAs. And again, that's still a good number. That's still, you know, one of the higher guys for Sydney. It's just that there's four or five guys doing the same thing. And that's probably my worry. I don't know if at you know, age 30, everything he's been through now he can be an 80% CBA guy and still maintain that high points per minute when you've got the likes of Golden Warner, Parker, all the guys we listed. I just don't know if that's still his range of possibility. Where, where do you sit? Because it's a very loaded side and we haven't even spoken about James Jordan, Sheldrick, Roberts, Cleary. They've got so much young talent and also mature talent now at the Jordan age bracket that the mix is going to be fascinating.
1: Yeah, and there's also a Brody Grundy who's in there too, who plays like a midfielder in and around the ground coming into this mix. Last year at Collingwood as a reference point, there were 10 games he had 40% or more center bounces. He goes at an 85.6 in AFL fantasy and an 87.4 in Supercoach. So even if he gets 40% and again, different club, different dynamics, all those things, but even if he just translates that across, it's not enough. We actually need more than a 10 points per game bump from what he's at. He's in the mid-70s already. Anything under 90 just means we've probably missed the right guy. I look at that midfield and for years we've been saying, Parker's going to go forward. Parker's going to go forward. Sure. But to me, I still look at him as their most important midfield cog. Robot him offers something defensively that nobody else in that midfield as a contested player does. Chad Warner is just the speed, the dynamic clearance winner outside of that. You've got Goulden who, as you said, could be, you want him to play inside clearance? No problem. You want him to be the second touch player and use his class on and poise on the outside? No problem. Someone's going to suffer from this. The narrative of Goulden goes to the wing, Parker splits 50-50, and Adams is the number one mid-dog a second parker's done nothing to give you a reason to phase him out and that forward line doesn't need parker there we so often talk about this sydney forward line going they need a hang on they've got a beautiful hybrid mobile tall in a will hayward that's a really nice link up and an underrated footballer isaac heaney's a beautiful mid that goes and plays a lot taller than what he is tom papley On his day, all Australian-caliber, small, dynamic forward. And then a Logan McDonald. They're going to be doing everything desperately as a club to hold on to him. They gave a lot of draft capital to lock this guy away, and they're really building that forward line around him. So I don't see Parker coming into that forward line, for example, and making their team any more dynamic as a forward line. They've already got it with Hayward, with McDonald with Papley, and also with Heaney. There's nothing new that Parker brings outside of resting him. So I'm with you. Outside of getting more than a 60% CBAs, it's got to take Warner being moved to the high half forward or to the wing. Goulden out to the wing. Row bottom out of the midfield unit entirely. I'm not too sure how he gets to this 60% plus CBAs, and that's what he's got to get to to become a scorer, because Sydney do have scorers. Goulden's just come off a big 100-plus season. Mills has gone 110 across the formats for multiple years. warner has been knocking on the door of a 100-plus average for years, while Parker, well, pretty much over the past decade, he's been one of the best midfielders we've had going around. So I'm not too sure how this happens. I don't know if James Jordan's even the best 22. So I'm really not sure.
0: Well, MJ, that's the really fascinating thing is because, like we flagged, Parker been at 75% means he's probably only playing forward, you know, sparingly because the rest of the time he's resting off the ground. But we've already said that Rowbottom, Warner, Papley and Goulden, they're in the 35 to 55% range. So we know for Papley that is predominantly forward. As we know, it's just you start in the centre bounce, charge forward. But Warner and Goulden are already doing this stuff. We know know Rowbottom is a bit more of a lower time on ground super high intensity, like you said, really drive that midfield pressure, harass the other team. But he can go forward too and kick a goal. And we haven't even got to the guys that they like to use on the outside, like Blakey, like a McInerney, like a Lloyd using the ball. Like
1: Campbell. There's
0: so much talent in in this team they've got. And that's where I find it really, really fascinating. You put a Jordan in this mix too, who, unfortunately for Taylor Adams, is just a younger player and can play the wing role, which is probably the role we can't see Taylor Adams playing. It feels like it's inside mid or a defensive forward that splits his time there. So it wouldn't be crazy if he wasn't in the best 22. I don't think that's a wild statement to say for a 30 year old. That's playing against some really, really talented kids that have been in the system for a while. Um, Obviously, as I said, he sought a spot at the Swans and they found a deal that worked for both parties. I don't think he's a key piece that they were missing. I think, it was a deal that worked for both parties to have a guy like Taylor Adams as your depth, Even if he is the 30th player, just say, you're going to need your 30th player in an AFL season. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of tolls. I don't see him coming to the club like a Jordan Dawson, like a Dunkley and go, you're a key player. It's just it's just not the point of the career he's at. That was when he came to Collingwood in his younger days. And he was he's had that role and he's shown that opportunity. I still think he can be a good scorer, but I think a lot of things are going to have to happen for it to be consistent enough across the whole season for him to be a super, super valuable pick. The elephant in the room clearly is round zero, isn't it? You're going to get a free look. You're going to see the score. You're going to see how much midtime he gets. You're going to see what everyone else did, how much midtime did they get. Um, I just don't quite know if it's as simple as Taylor Adams slotting back into the role we've flagged in 2021 and especially in 2022, 2020, excuse me, when he was a centre-bounce guy and almost the centre-bounce guy for the Pies. I don't see that at Sydney. I don't see that being the role. I think the role is just to be someone that's versatile, that's super experienced at AFL level, that is tough, that is hard uh, and can contribute. I don't think the contribution has to be the 100 fantasy scoring, unfortunately. I think it's just purely a football sense, and it's going to be much for much what you've got in recent years at Collingwood. I just think that's where he's at with the competition. If he's has a renaissance and there's guys going down and he becomes a 75-plus percent guy, I have no doubt he'll be in the 90s. That's just what he does. I just don't see how he gets that chance for long enough at his age with his body to be a, bit, to be a pick that you go, wow, that was season-winning or season-defining.
1: So opening round means if you play in that, your team is going to have a week off somewhere inside the opening six weeks. For Sydney, it's round five, sitting alongside, ironically, his former team, Collingwood. So... The advantage of having opening round is two things. One, we get a little bit of a price bump early. We're going to see that load a little bit more. The formats haven't told us exactly how much the load is from a percentage perspective. I'm sure that will come from the fantasy creators before we get to round one, but that's going to help us. The hindrance is they're going to take a buy in round five, meaning you're down at best 18 and these players will not be available for you. The upside for Adams, you get a look and see at this team. So build your markers. What do I need to see an opening round from Taylor Adams to be able to justify his selection? For me, for example, it's if he's got anything under 50% CBAs, no interest. Regardless of the score, I'm not interested because he showed last year he can score well, in that CBA role, and he can score outside of it. But to have the confidence over a five, six, seven, eight week stretch, which is ultimately all I'm aiming to own Taylor Adams. He is a pathway to a premium forward, not the premium forward I'm hoping for. If I get pleasantly surprised, great. I'm holding on to that. He's got to be minimum 50% CBA. If it's anything under that, I'd rather parachute into him during the season rather than start him, get stunted by it, and move on. Because alongside this opening round, you're now putting him up alongside other structural pieces to your team. Brody Grundy's a really popular value piece this year that people are expecting to jump back to premium territories. Maybe not the 120s again, but 105, 110. James Jordan, we've alluded. Is he best 22? Is he not? If he does crack it, this guy can score. You're the demon supporter. You know way better than me. His points per minute in the right role is amazing. Day cost people are unsure about, let alone an Errol And So you've got some value guys and some premium guys. You're and MJ, this
0: do. might, this, this might just be where modern four is, MJ. This is like we used to speak about at Melbourne with Jackson and Gaunt. This might just be matchups. There might be a matchup where they say, you know what? We need the senior hard body of Taylor Adams in there. And then the next week they might say, you know what? We need a bit more pace. I reckon we can expose this opposition midfield for pace and we go with a Gould and Warner type of setup, maybe even a dynamic Packley or, or Heaney in there. And that's the thing that makes these guys tricky, isn't it? You can you look at Sydney and go, they've got so many options that they might not have consistent roles throughout the season. They might need a guy. And again, Heaney's been that guy, hasn't he, in the past where you just go, oh, my God, how is Heaney at 75% CBAs this week? And then the next week he's back to a Ford. That's the thing. It might just be playing the matchups and going. This is one that suits Adams, and that's going to be a very dangerous thing if that happens in round zero. If he is one that they go, they give him that role. They, you know, they think maybe you know what? He's a guy that we can start the season really strong with his physicality because we know opening round and those first few rounds. Genuinely, it is a bit more outside. It's hard to have those season hits that we see in the back end of the year when it's that finals type intensity and wear and tear. They almost almost might go to Taylor Adams too. You know what, mate? At your age, 16 games where you are an inside mid is enough for us. That helps a Warner, a Goulden, a Rowbottom get through the season and manage them. But we don't need you everywhere. These are all the options that clubs have now with how deep Mm. these squads are. And again, Jordan we flagged. Roberts we saw last year. Sheldrick we saw. saw. Cleary they got out of their academy this year looks an absolute – goer as well hard yeah. uh, tough Sydney player uh, and he's just a kid so that's going to be the real interesting thing and Sydney's always been a club MJ and this is why we admire them so much they give these little opportunities to these kids some of them stick and play you know every week some of them they give games here and there and then after three or four seasons you go oh my god they're an AFL player they're so good at managing their kids into the system finding roles finding opportunities holding them back a little bit at times. We saw that with Jordan Dawson, how they managed him as they built his tank. Now, unfortunately, he left, but they did still get so much quality out of him. So they are a club that you just back in their development and their identification. And that's my worry for Adams is that he's going to have a role in the side. He's not going to be the player that the team's built around. He's just filling a role. And I think there's going to be some volatility in that role throughout the year.
1: He's so intriguing to look at with this way. We're approaching our forwards. We are looking at multiple value options for us. The upside for starting Taylor Adams is it can pop. And over those first five or six rounds, he delivers you that high points per minute. You need gives you some 90 plus hundred plus scores and you're away on the other side. There's so many options through there so that should you start him and it doesn't work out, he doesn't have that role. It's match-up dependent. He's only a split share, whatever it is, as Kane's alluded to. There are so many parachutes you can get to. And that's not just for AFL Fantasy. You now have 40 trades in Dream Team and Supercoach, let alone the boosts in this format. You could literally spend the first 15 weeks double trading in those two formats and still have 10 trades available for the final 10 weeks of your season. So it's not like you're lacking in trade options and the parallels while the format scoring price cycling is different. Absolutely. There are some great learnings that now you don't have to be as I'll back it in. If you see something early, and this is if you go back and listen to the episode that just dropped uh, on uh, the public holiday, just a couple of days ago, Vams and Rids talk about this in the lessons episode around AFL fantasy of when you see something in the game, Adapt to it and act on it. Don't just go, I just need two or three more weeks of confirmation. If Adams is not getting that role, jump off. Equally, if you fade him and he does get that role, how are you going to get there? Because on his day, he'll be awesome. Off his day, he'll just meddle in that spot and not do what you need, which is ultimately to make money. I want to drive that home for you. He's not there to be a premium for you if he becomes it, Happy days. He's there to make money for you and to maximize value. Draft is interesting to me though, Kane. If it's based on ranks and averages, 27th in Supercoach for forwards, 17th in AFL Fantasy. But based on some of the love I'm seeing in the community, he'll be going a lot earlier than that.
0: Oh, I don't think I'll be getting much of him than MJ. I think that's the reality for me. Is I think I've been pretty clear that I just don't think it's consistent enough for me. I think... The scenario you put forward is your best case, is that he comes out the gates hot, or there's a point in the season when you can jump on when you've seen a role change. Maybe you can even extract more value than his current starting price. Maybe, you know, he falls in price and then it's a role change and he can get a hot streak. Um, But for me in draft, when I need a full season investment, we know we can't be relying on trades in draft. That's always a luxury. If you can pass someone off to someone else at the perfect time and get another asset, great. But for me, I think I've got him. In that mid seventies again, which is where his price that it's mid to high seventies, probably has him as an F three for me, F two maybe if he's lucky. Um, I'm just totally missing him, aren't I? Really, MJ? At that point, it's just at there's too point, much love, there's too him. much, there's just too many things um, that people obviously like ahead of me in that area. But again, forward line where you're taking your gamble. Some people will just shy away and go, you know what? I'm investing in stable things. We've all spoken about it on the 50 million times. Midfielders, the Rucks. We know backs are something you can usually wait on. Great in the waivers. Fords tend to be more of your streamer. Hey, who's that key forward that's got a, a team that's struggling? We, we play that game a lot. So I can see people just ignoring them. Maybe Adam slides a bit later than you think. But again, it sounds like if you want him, he might have to be, you know, Top five forwards off the board.
1: Yeah, in, some, in AFL fantasy, he's F one. I, I like he's seventeenth right now. People will as an ADP jump.
0: consensus. Again, my opinion aside, that's where he's going to go because across having ten to twelve coaches in a draft, someone's going to see the name, see what he did last year, which in this forward landscape is decent enough, and we love that new club narrative too, MJ. So I, I just yeah. know that I'm. It's going to be impossible for me to get any any Taylor Adams stocks. But again, I could definitely be wrong. Been wrong before, will be wrong again. Could come out of the gates on fire. There's there's opportunities there for sure. Um, It's just for me, I'd be a little bit more hesitant. I'd be investing in other areas of the ground, um, unless it's a forward I really, really like and see some upside. And we know over the next month, MJ, once we start getting to that back end of February and these training reports start being consolidated, then we get into intra-club, we get our little practice match. That's when the puzzle comes together. And again, this year's crazy because we've got round zero. So depending when you're drafting, if people want to draft after that, I could only imagine how different drafts are going to be. But for me, Taylor Adams, I think it's a good footy fit. I think it's one where you go, if this guy's fit and firing for the back end of the year and can give the Swans six to eight games in the run home and then be fit in finals, there is no doubt He's a finals footballer. He's so tough. He's so hard. He's so uncompromising that he can make a massive difference. And having that mature body in finals is huge. I just don't know over the course of a whole season if you're going to get consistent enough points and consistent enough role to be rewarded with maybe where people are thinking they're going to get rewarded at the moment.
1: There's a world where he comes out of the gate, gets 60% plus CBAs, and dominates and at a forward line where we're looking for upside that's not just hopeful and projected, but is delivered over multiple years in multiple clubs, Taylor Adams fits that narrative. There's a world where he plays 20-plus games of football. He did it as early as 2023. There's a world where he plugs holes in this Sydney Swans unit and fills gaps in that midfield, plays supporting cast role, in that forward line, and helps the structure of the side. There's a ro- world where his body lets him down and he disappoints And for the fantasy community. This is the thing about Taylor Adams. All of these pathways of 100-plus, 22 games, top-line forward option, or meddling in the 70s and doesn't even play a dozen games... equally as likely as each other and that's what makes taylor adams so relevant and someone you have to consider and at least watch list for 2024 kane as always mate love talking fantasy footy with you appreciate you being on this episode
0: absolute pleasure mate loved it
1: if you want to go and read the article about Taylor or any of the other players that we've revealed so far in the 50 most relevant, it is available for you now at coachespanel.tv. The league codes, if you want to go and jump in our official open leagues, all the details for getting those codes for AFL Fantasy, Dream Team, and Supercoach, you can also find them at coachespanel.tv. If you're loving this podcast or any of the other podcasts we've done so far this preseason, from the strategy to these 50 most relevant episodes, make sure you follow us on wherever you get your audience podcast from leave a five-star rating and a review we might even read in fact you know what the next five people that give a review that's positive i'll read it out for you in the podcast and the video episode so want to jump in get a shout out that's where you can do it and of course our youtube channel something new we've started to do in 2024 make sure you've jumped on subscribed got those notifications on and if you are watching on youtube what do you think about taylor adams are you keen on him do you think he's a top 10 forward this year or a bit more like Kane, where you are cagey and uncertain and happy to not put some stocks in him? Comment below and let us know. If you want to get in touch with us across social media, all the details are in the description of this episode, as are where you can find all the details to become a Patreon member. For just as few dollars a month, you can gain access to hidden groups, a bunch of additional content pieces. And if you come in at that breakout or premium tier, you'll get the audio episodes of the 50 Most Relevant, in the preseason, a day early, as well as a ton of other exclusive rewards. So who's up next in the 50 most relevant? It's in the serious half of the 50. It's a player that's got DPP. I don't even need to look at your team. You've got him in your team. I just know it. It's not some prophetic thing. It's not something voyeuristic. I'm not watching you. Maybe I am. But I just know you've got this guy on your team, without doubt. You've got him. So if he's that good, why is he only in the 20s? Or is he not that good? And we're all making a mistake. Find out tomorrow in the 50 most relevant.